Hello, and welcome to the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And on today's episode, we are going to be continuing our series of Dell Tech uh, Clarity Report. This is the 40th Dell Tech Clarity Report, and we're going to be talking about human capital management today. And this is hugely important because people are everything. We hear that in basically every mission statement, every vision statement that's ever been said, ever been written. But we all know that it's actually important. Now, whether people follow up or not is a different story. But today we're going to dive into human capital management and what the Dell Tech Clarity Report has to say. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into the Dell Tech Clarity Report. So firms are struggling to find qualified candidates and offer competitive compensation packages in a tight labor market, focusing on career development, offering more learning opportunities, and modernizing performance management practices will help firms improve the employee experience and retain more high performers. Low unemployment combined with the shortage of qualified candidates continue to put pressure on recruiters. More than one-third of firms are taking longer than 60 days to fill open positions and require an average of 41 days to ramp up new hires and assign them to billable projects. These delays can drive up overhead costs while lowering utilization rates at a time when agility can make the difference between winning the next project and losing to the competition. In response to the lack of available talent, firms are looking to increase retention by improving formal career programs and adopting and updating succession plans. HR technology has emerged as an integral aspect of its successful human capital management strategy, utilizing talent relationship management tools, implementing a learning management solution, and leveraging pulse survey functionality can help firms assess the people side of business and prayer for the future of the industry. So there's a few key data points from this survey. Employee turnover has increased one point from 12.8 to 13.8. This is the second consecutive increase reported this year. Staff growth has stayed consistent, dropping from 4.3 to 4.2 last year, but most firms also reported an increase in the number of open positions related to both growth and attrition. The number of firms with formal succession plans increased two points to 45 percent this year, 61% of firms had succession plans, whereas only 35% of small firms had them. The percentage of firms with career development plans increased 1.2-30%. The percentage of firms with formal career development plans for high potential employees increased from 3 to 12% over last year, meaning a lot of people actually implemented career development plans for their higher performers. So really 13.8% turnover, that is pretty high. 4.2% staff growth, and 45% of firms have succession plans. So those are the key stats and metrics for the industry. So the top challenges in acquiring talent. The top four talent acquisition challenges are unchanged from last year. The availability of good candidates in the marketplace is still a top concern for businesses, followed by the ability to offer competitive compensation and match qualified candidates to open positions. Firms need to assess total compensation to attract top candidates with attractive and relevant benefits and rewards in addition to salary. So benchmarking compensation packages against the competition is a necessary first step. Although the percentage of businesses citing the availability of top candidates was similar to last year, offering competitive compensation experience a nine-point increase to 46%, suggesting that the tight labor market and low unemployment are pushing wages higher for top quality candidates. Given the shortage of good candidates in the marketplace, firms should consider focusing their efforts on increasing employee retention with the effective post-hire initiatives such as development plans, learning opportunities, and modern performance management. 
As firms address talent acquisition challenges, they will be able to move forward proactively, aligning talent acquisition with future project needs and firm-wide strategic goals. So from top to bottom, the top challenges in acquiring talent. The ability of good candidates in the marketplace is the top challenge. The availability or the ability to offer competitive compensation to candidates is next. Matching qualified candidates to open positions. The ability to offer competitive benefits to candidates. Aligning acquisition goals with the strategic goals of your company. Making better use of social media as an acquisition channel. Faster onboarding of new employees. And developing a more effective employee referral program. All right, so... I am going to go through here and give my take on each of these points. So the availability of good candidates in the marketplace. All right, point number one, why this is so big for most people, you're not going to hire senior people. Get over that. Uh, It's going to take you forever to find any good senior engineers, any senior talent. Uh, It just frankly doesn't exist. People by the midpoint in their careers, in their basically their mid-30s, 40s, probably have started to have families. They're not wanting to move. They're not wanting to change. Um, It's very hard for them to relocate. Uh, Schools become a bigger impact on this and moving their kids. So that ends up being a bigger thing. And if you are looking to move senior talent in, you're going to need to pay relocation. You might need to buy their home or help them in dealing with their home situation. Uh, You're going to need to find schools, make sure that you talk to them about those challenges and again moving a family along with that person it's not just that person you need to think of their whole collective unit or you need to have a really good staff development program this means getting in people early getting lower uh, seniority people into your program and training them having a great training program for them will be much better served than anything else that you can do Um, this will also retain talent because they know that you put a lot into them. Um, It's going to create a great culture, everything else that goes along with that. So yes, there's not a lot of candidates, but you can't blame that for your problems, even though apparently 72% of the industry does. So that means 28% don't, which also means that 28% believe that they they have a solution for it and it's not a big deal for them. Um, So one is also what is your reputation in the marketplace. Uh, There are a lot of firms that people just don't want to work at because they know your reputation is bad. You overwork your people, you don't pay enough, and so why would people come to work for you? Um, It's pretty straightforward when you put it in those terms and you need to take a realistic, hard look at your business. All right, the next one, ability to offer competitive compensation to candidates. Look, if you're not competing on salary uh, on par with other firms that are doing the same thing that you are, right? So say you're an MEP firm, same town, same location, and I can go somewhere else in town doing basically the same work because it's a competitor, right? So they work on healthcare, you work on healthcare. I can go to that firm, work on the same projects, more than likely for the same clients, and get paid ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars more a year. Why would I not do that? For and especially if my commute's like the exact same, because more than likely you locate in the similar area. So, commute's the same, clients are the same. I just now I'm on a different logo. Why would I not do that? Um, let's think <laughs> logically about this. For most people, um, that makes pretty easy sense to do, right? You're in the same town, you're working for the same clients. Why would I not get a ten thousand dollar raise for wearing a different logo? Um, 
So when you do that, understand that you need to be competitive in your compensation to people. You need to evaluate people's salaries annually um, and really assess what they've done, right? Are they growing the firm? Are they improving their skills? Have they gotten additional talents? Yes or no. Um, and you know, you need to compensate them accordingly or to see what their compensation would be in the marketplace. Um, I know personally, I moved for that exact thing. When you can get 10, 20 grand more a year, uh, especially early in your career, you're going to make the move. Like it's a very easy thing to do. Um, next matching qualified candidates to open positions. Um, I'm not sure where this is like so difficult. Um, it really should not be. You have a job description. You find candidates to match that, and there you go. Um, it might be that it's, again, a seniority matching problem where you have uh, you want more senior people, but you can't find them, so you settle by um, putting someone that doesn't have as much seniority into those roles. That could be uh, it, but I'm not sure what, uh, what really the problem is in matching candidates. The ability to offer competitive benefits to candidates. Look, if you're not offering competitive things, you're not going to get great people, so you're not going to be competitive as a company, and your company won't be around for very long. It's really pretty simple. If you don't have good people, you're going to have bad clients, and bad clients lead to going out of business. So hire good people, figure out how to pay them, um, and really if it comes down to it, it's more than likely you're not very effective in what you're doing, so you need to find better tools, processes, strategies to do that. Software is one of them. Um, there's a ton of software products out there to help you improve you know, what you're doing. We have one of them um, and we continue to add to it on a daily basis. But I mean, everything that you do can be improved, your processes, your templates, everything that you do. And if you're not investing in your processes, as we've seen through the other Dell Tech reports, process makes a big company. And if you don't have processes, you can't become a big company. So if you're looking to grow, you need to have processes in place. Aligning acquisition goals with the strategic goals of your company. Um, not sure where, uh, I guess, acquisition of talent. Um, basically, you need to hire on culture, right? So if you're not hiring on culture, that person's not going to fit anyway, and they're going to flake out. So continue to hire people based on the culture of your company, and you're going to do great. Making better use of social media as an acquisition channel. First off, you need to actually use social media. Uh, the firms that I look across, I mean, even take like top things like Autodesk. They post like once a week, maybe, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so if you're wanting to use social media, you need to actually be active on social media. This means daily posting to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, whatever your preferred social media channels are. You need to actually use them so that you're active, so that you have a brand presence, so that when you need people, you can post about it and you can you know, get a qualified pool of candidates. All right, so faster onboarding of new employees, that's all process. Um, you need to have that in place. And if that, developing a more effective employee referral program. Um, it's not that it, what you have isn't effective. Well, I mean, it's not because no one's referring anybody, but it's because nobody wants to other people to work there. Um, it's kind of what it comes down to. Friends want friends to work where their friends are. Right? <laughs> like if you have a good culture, a good place, people want their friends to work there. If your company sucks and nobody really likes working there, they're not going to want their friends to work there um, either. So have a great place to work and more people will want to work there. Okay, next. Top challenges in managing talent. 
So in response to the ongoing talent shortage, firms are prioritizing the overall employee experience in order to help retain their existing workforce. Although the top challenge, succession, and career development planning remains unchanged from last year, employee engagement experienced a 17-point increase and rose four places to become the second most cited challenge. Performance management dropped one place to third position, but still experienced a four-point increase in the number of firms, citing it as one of their top three talent management challenges. Retaining employees also increased in importance with an eight-point increase over last year. Firms with formal succession plans tended to have lower employee turnover, so it is likely that this challenge will remain among the top three in subsequent years. Firms are starting to understand the relationship between strong human capital management practices and successful business outcomes. Firm-wide strategic initiatives to improve the employee experience and will continue to find the high performers from all other firms. So top challenges in managing talent from top to bottom. Succession and clear career development planning, employee engagement and experience, performance management, workforce capacity and planning, learning and development programs, retaining employees, and reward and recognition programs, and wellness being at the very bottom. Really, this comes down to planning and processes. If you can plan and have processes, you're going to do much better. People know what to expect. Expectations are public. Everyone understands what you're doing, where you're going, and how they're going to get there. This also means how they're going to be a part of that. If they don't see a way forward, if they don't see career growth, they're going to go somewhere else. It's really pretty simple. So you need to have those processes and planning in place and where people are going. So that will help you in retaining people. That'll help you to learn and develop people because they have a path forward, right? And they have to learn this, this, and this, or do this, this, and this to get to that next place. Um, it's planning, that's performance management, that's engagement, right? Because then if people know where they're going, they're going to be engaged because they want to do better so they can get to that next spot. It's like a video game, right? You got to get through each level and piece to get to the next one. And if you don't know where you're going, you just have a big wide map of stuff. It's really hard to like figure out where to go and what to do to get to that next level. So it's pretty straightforward. Just have processes um, in place to be able to show everyone where they're going, what they need to do so they can move forward. Staff growth or decline. So staff growth is 4.2%. Firms are continuing to grow in headcount, although the pace has leveled off from the highs experienced in the preceding years. The overall growth rate of 4.2% remains virtually unchanged from last year, but key differences emerge depending on firm type and performance. High performers increase their advantage over other firms, reporting a 6.9% growth rate, nearly three-point increase over last year. This is most likely because high performers have managed to attract more talent in a competitive market and are able to fill positions quickly and assign staff to billable projects considerably faster than other firms. The rate of staff growth has also associated with an increased number of open positions, suggesting that firm growth is creating a backlog of open positions and small, medium, and large firms all reported growth rates within one percentage point of their rates from last year. These findings are consistent with the overall increases in employee turnover compared to last year. So basically, high performers have a 6.9% growth rate, medium and large firms are at 5.6%, and then um, others are at 3% uh, for last year. So uh, good, good growth rate from the last, uh, last year. It's consistent, um, and you know it's great to see headcount improving. Employee turnover is up 1%. So the overall rate of employee turnover increased for the second year in a row, moving from 128 to 138 
The rate of employee turnover has increased by about one point for all categories of firms except others. High performers experienced the largest increase in turnover, moving from 11.9 to 14.3. This increase in employee turnover is consistent with a stable economy, low unemployment, and the confidence that early to mid-career candidates have when choosing between competing employment offers. The ongoing increase in employee turnover underscores the importance of succession and career development planning as firms work to retain employees or prepare for unexpected departures. Firms should benchmark their turnover rate against the industry, evaluating internal practices, compensation packages, and growth opportunities to ensure alignment with the needs of a modern workforce. So there's two things in turnover that often sometimes get misinterpreted. There's natural uh, turnover with you know retirements or just bad employees, right? Weeding out the people that don't belong there, that aren't a fit, that just don't work. So that's going to be a percentage of people every year. It's probably around 5%. So the remaining percentage of people, because let's say you got you have one to two people that retire a year from the firm, um, let's say out of 100 people. So that's one to 2%. And then you have a few that just don't work out. Let's say two to three just don't work out a year. Again, out of 100 people, so you now have five people that quit from that firm or retire or get fired or so fired or retired and so it's let's say five people out of 100 so that's five percent from there let's go to 13.8 so 14 percent out of 100 so let's say 14 people out of 100 uh, minus the five that were that retired or fired so now you have nine people nine people left voluntarily and a firm of 100 that's a pretty high turnover rate um, it's probably one from each department, maybe a couple from each department, and that's like one a month. So now you have a, a person a month that's leaving the firm. When you have it at that high of a rate, and if it's in you know a hundred person firm and they're all in the same building, you're now seeing a you know a person a month leave, and you're thinking, huh? People are leaving. Should I leave? What are they? Where are they going? Where are they leaving to? Oh. Two people just went to that firm across the street? Well, maybe I should like to go there. Huh, that might be a good place to work. Let's, let's check it out, right? Those are the types of things that people start thinking about when you have that type of turnover. So, and doing like cookouts and that kind of stuff, yes, that helps. Um, yes, to have events, but like you can't make the event the thing that people like stick around. It's also like Friday drinks or random social hours or just doing random nice things it's not just bringing in bagels and throwing them on the counter on Fridays it's you know a nice thing with a nice note and a heartfelt thank you to your staff it's getting up and talking to people and forming genuine connections that's what creates these relationships and why people want to stay it's being connected to your office um, as a leader and understanding you know what they're going through are they moving are they getting married are they having a kid are they Going through a breakup. I mean, do you understand what's going on with your people and do you care about them? Um, if you don't care about them, then they're more than likely going to leave. And especially when that many people continue to walk out the door, they're going to see what's up and see if they can get better pay or better working conditions um, and kind of make those adjustments. So next, open positions. The number of open positions remain virtually unchanged from last year. The number of firms with more open positions increased from two points to 36%. 
whereas the percentage of firms with the same or fewer positions was within one point of last year. Majority of firms with an increased number of open positions cited both growth and the inability to fill open positions as the reason for the increase. This trend is consistent with the topside acquisition challenge. The lack of qualified candidates reinforces the need for firms to invest in retaining existing employees and expanding their skill sets to fill future roles. Overall, these findings illustrate the ongoing challenges that firms are experiencing as they attempt to find qualified professionals to work on new business, while still filling a large number of continually open positions so that their current employees are not overutilized or in danger of burning out. Again, I mean, this is why, like, Kalong Studios and my firm created Surfboard is to automate a bunch of the drudgery so that people don't burn out. They don't work those 12, 14-hour days for weeks on end. Um, I mean, that can hurt <laughs> morale quicker than anything else. The other thing is training and development. So if you're bringing in young people and giving them the ability to learn and grow and do it quickly with experienced staff and handing off those pieces, you're going to have, you know, in three to four years, you're going to have a number of pe people getting their PE, getting license, and that's going to create just a big, broad people of license and they grow up together, you're going to work together and you're going to form a strong team. Um, think of like, College recruiting is probably the easiest uh, relation to this. Granted, like eventually they leave, but you don't want that um, for your team. But you recruit in a new batch of freshmen every year, right? People that you train up, that you develop, that you grow. Um, some are going to be, you know, all-stars and start. <laughs> some are going to be, you know, guys that you need to, to train and develop. Um, and then you look at your, your juniors and seniors, people that, you know, know the ropes, know what's going on. And they can train the freshmen, if you will in the firm to what's going on, what they need to work on. Uh, here's things to watch out for. And you create that culture and that bond of coming up and learning together and growing together. It creates just such a better atmosphere than having all senior people that kind of know what to do and they're, they're in their ruts and um, there's no kind of new fresh energy into the organization, if you will. Um, so again, number of open positions, 36% um, firms, had more open positions, and 49% had about the same open positions. 45% uh, of the reasons for that were growth, um, and 46% were also growth and uh, can't fill existing positions. So some of that might be you're trying to recruit um, senior talent, which we talked about earlier, isn't really going to happen. So average time to fill positions. Average time firms took to fill positions remained virtually unchanged from the previous year with three quarters of firms still taking 31 to 90 days to fill positions. Largest percentage of firms, 44%, took 31 to 60 days to fill positions, while only 11% of firms positions in less than 30 days. So basically, zero to 30 days is 11% of firms, 31 to 60 days is 44% of firms, 61 to 90 days is 29% of firms, and greater than 90 days, 16%. It's basically taking a while. Again, if you're looking for senior people, those are a lot harder to... Um, get than not. All right, tracks percentage of accepted offers. 22% uh, of firms um, track accepted offers and 78% um, do not track accepted offers. Uh, it's kind of like a win rate thing that we talked about in a couple previous episodes. Um, you either are aren't tracking your win rates and if you are, um, great. If not, you need to be doing that. So that's the, it's pretty straightforward. You need to be tracking your win weights so you can um, understand if you're doing well in recruiting or not and uh, how you might need to improve. So 
most expensive business process. Talent acquisition is the number one um, most expensive business process, followed by developing learning programs for employees, then performance reviews, then budgeting and forecasting, and then open enrollment for benefits, succession planning, compliance insurance, and employee record maintenance. Um, so obviously talent acquisition, if that is the most expensive thing that you're doing, uh, you need to either reassess how you're doing it or find tools that can really help you uh, shortcut some of those processes. Again, automation is going to be one of those where, yes, you're still going to need to get talent, uh, but it'll help you, you know, both in the short term and long term to grow more talented employees and not just drones that are doing drafting. Developing learning programs for employees. So one way that you can do this simply is by interviewing your current talent pool and doing videos. Videos are going to be way easier than having people write reports or um, basically anything else by sitting down and doing a module on two, three things at a time and doing it by video, you're going to be much more productive and it'll be way easier for your staff to basically record all that stuff because nobody wants to write anything, but they'll gladly talk about it. So it's one way to help in developing learning programs, annual performance reviews. Um, if you can actually make this process simple, easy, give people the forms, fill them out, um, take a couple hours a piece be very straightforward and do these more often so it's not one big long process but uh, multiple smaller pieces throughout the year it'll actually be um, much much faster for you uh, budgeting and forecasting again those are long drawn out but again if you do this kind of throughout the year continue to update your forecasting it's the whole thing we talked about last time um, and something like cleaning your room is easier done in small bits than large chunks so uh, if you pick up a little bit every day you're gonna be much better off than doing these large uh, chunks. So again, that, that's pretty straightforward and easy to use. So top tools to be used for coaching, development um, of talent, and ways that you can improve your firm. One is coaching and mentoring. Hands down the best, it's gonna be personal, it's gonna be one-on-one, -on -one, and somebody's gonna really know that person, and this will also help retention. They have a great coach, a great mentor, and not like the informal, or, so this is how most firms do coaching and mentoring. Hey, boss, you're going to now coach this person. We're not even going to ask you about it, but we're going to put it in the offer letter, and that's how we're going to go about it. So um, that doesn't work. You need to have people that want to be coaches, that want to be mentors, that want to spend time with other people, and you allow them to do that. You allow them to go and buy lunch once a month. You allow them to... Again, sit down with them, spend time, and not get mad at these people. So if you allow them to be coaches and mentors and the people that want to be coaches and mentors to do it, it's going to be a far more successful program than these randomly assigned or just because you're my boss, you're my mentor now. Um, that doesn't work. You need people that want to, to do it. External education programs is number two. Yes, you can do that. It's paying for people to come in or paying for um, online courses. The thing with this, um, same with coaching and mentoring and really any of these talent development programs is you need to have accountability. You need to hold people accountable for either going through their online or external education uh, pieces, whether that's a seminar, um, personal development of some sort, same with leadership development, e-learning. You need to have accountability. Hey, did you do this? Hey, were you working on this? What did you learn from it, right? You need to be held accountable for it and it needs to be done pretty um, 
regularly, effectively. So great program that's done repetitively with accountability is going to be a great, great program. And people are going to more likely stay with you. So whether that's external education, leader, leadership development programs and sending them to conferences and seminars, not just in the AEC industry, but you know, overall like leadership and personal development uh, programs and seminars and conferences. Um, same with e-learning opportunities. Are you investing in programs that are great for learning, leadership, personal development? Um, job rotations is another one. Understanding what different people do within the firm and how you can go about that. So levels of management at a firm. So new this year in the Dell Tech Clarity Report, firms were asked about levels of management within their firm and the generational composition of each level. Nearly all firms, 97%, had a top-level management as well as a middle layer and a lower level. So each level of management had a distinct generational profile. Gen X was most heavily concentrated at the top level of management, followed distantly by members of the baby boomer generation as they transition out of the workforce. Middle management had the largest concentration of Gen Xers, followed by similar proportion of Gen Y and millennials and baby boomers. So um, middle management was 65% Gen X, 14% millennials and Gen Y, and then baby boomers at 19%. Lower level of management had the highest concentration of members of Gen Y millennials, and firms can improve retention with this group by assessing the structure of titles and offering micro promotions as a means to prepare this group for mid to high levels of management. So basically everybody had three tiers of management and um, there's some different generational profiles. So by and large, the uh, leadership profiles are made up of Gen X with um, the lower level being primarily Gen Y and millennials. And uh, really there's a little bit of Gen Z in some of these, um, but baby boomers are slowly transitioning out um, with their highest concentration at 38% being in top levels of management. All right, human capital management KPIs. So revenue per full-time employee, voluntary and involuntary turnover, employee retention continue to be the most widely tracked KPIs by a wide margin. All of these metrics are related to financial performance and organizational health. They do not offer a complete assessment of the overall performance of human capital management processes. However, some of the increases in the less frequently cited metrics over last year in indicate that employers are becoming more concerned about the time and expense required to hire and retain qualified candidates. The percentage of firms tracked, tracking accepted offers increased six points and the percentage of the workforce being promoted increased two points to 10%. Although more firms are beginning to track human capital management KPIs, half of firms are not, making it increasingly difficult to measure the success of people-centric strategies. All firms should consider tracking lead time from hire to billable in order to assess onboarding and new hire training practices. So human capital management KPIs tracked. Um, so here's some of the KPIs that were tracked. Uh, revenue per full-time employee, voluntary turnover, involuntary turnover, employee retention, time to fill positions, employee engagement, percentage of accepted offers, average cost per hire, percentage of your workforce being promoted, applicant satisfaction, lead time from hire to billable, and time lag between employee process steps with the last one being resume to hire ratio by position. Again, you should be tracking them. The more metrics that you have, the more uh, effectively you can manage this process and really help your HR department um, you know, make better decisions and give resources accordingly. So firms that tracked lead time from hire to billable. So 
the there's only six percent of firms that track that with 94 percent uh not tracking it at all so very few firms actually track um how long it takes to hire anybody which is kind of weird like if especially if you're growing you really need to know those metrics so employee engagement surveys 81 percent of firms did exit interviews 58 percent did annual employee surveys 38 percent did employee benefit satisfaction surveys 32 percent did 360 evals 15 percent did pulse surveys and 11 percent did applicant satisfaction um so really you do nothing to understand how people are coming into your firm, but you do everything to see why they're leaving. Um, so if you really did more on the front end, you'd probably have pe- less people leaving, right? Or pulse surveys at 15%, and you wonder why people quit and only ask them when they're quitting. Huh, if we did something prior to that and we actually did something about it, we might not have as many people quit on us. Profound thought. <laughs> All right, professional development opportunities. Um, so the professional development opportunities offered are professional life licenses, conferences attended, professional certifications, continuing ed reimbursement. That's all in 70 to 80%, so that's great. Um, those should be done and continue to do them. Ability to participate as a volunteer for community projects at 50%. That's actually becoming a bigger and bigger deal for a lot of people, especially millennials, um, that's becoming a huge piece for them. They want to give back to the community um, and volunteering is a large part in how they do that. So if you offer that ability and then at the end of the year, you can say we gave 500 hours to charity. Um, it's also right off in your taxes, but it's a great way to you know say that you're doing stuff for the community. Formal learning programs and mentoring programs at 42%, um, middle management leadership development and executive um, leadership development at 23 and 24%, first line supervisor leadership development 22%, rotational job assignments at 11% and high potential programs at 9%. Um, so really you wonder why your leadership's bad because you don't offer training for leadership. Pretty simple. You don't give them anything so you don't get anything. Um, succession planning, high performers are the biggest sector doing it at 53%. Uh, large firms also 61% and then um, others at 42%. So really, uh, if you're a high-performing firm, you're more likely to do succession planning than not. So do it. 14% have a learning management system. Um, those are primarily all large firms um, and 9% of high performers do it. So again, if you implement one of these, you're going to be better off than basically everybody else. So top initiatives in acquiring talent. Improve perception of the firm in the marketplace to attract better talent. <laughs> Again, we talked about this earlier. Didn't even know this was going to come up. But uh, yeah, if your firm has a great perception, a great value, people love working there, you're going to attract more people. Pretty simple. Improve compensation. Yeah, you got to be at least at the market, if not above. Um, pretty straightforward. New talent acquisition solution. Uh, it means like being active in social media, talking to people, going to conferences, talking to potential candidates at those conferences like do things that aren't just indeed and um, other ways to get resumes out so improve onboarding processes and procedures think of this you're going to sit somebody down on their first day at a computer to go through paperwork and hr what type of impression does this give in your firm 
Not a very good one. So I recently read uh, Quench Your Thirst by Jim Koch, who is the founder of Samuel Adams. Uh, he does all new hire training and onboarding to this day, uh, some 30 years later after founding the company. And their first day, they go and uh, taste beer. Granted, it's a brewery, it's a beer company, but they learn how to do tastings um, and teaching, and he does that through blind taste tests, sampling a product. Granted, it's all in what they do, right? Sampling a product. and But it's the founder of the company doing new hire orientation. I think they do this once every couple weeks. Um, so it keeps it regular, keeps it timely, and keeps him involved, right? So the culture from day one, day one is much, much better than sitting them down and doing HR paperwork. So think of how you can be unique in onboarding into your firm, right? Walking them through projects, sitting them down with marketing and HR or marketing more specifically, or some project leads, talking about a couple specific projects and what they've done, um, walking through drawings and design, walking through, um, you know, interesting tidbits about the company, the great office tour, like those types of things, right? That inundate them in the culture, who they are, what they do, take them out to lunch instead of doing the boring, shitty HR stuff that nobody really wants to walk through and you do it because that's what everyone else does. But be unique, find a way to improve um, how you do that. All right. Um, Creating or improving employee referral incentives. Again, if people want to work there, they're going to refer more people. Uh, provide better benefits, be more competitive. Goes to the other one, tracking passive candidates. Um, just goes to actually tracking stuff, outsourcing more recruitment activities. So that one I would not do. Um, I, in pretty much every role that I've been in as a leader, I've been very active in recruitment. Um, especially if you're a department manager or anything like that, you should be the one recruiting um, and doing those activities. You're going to weed through candidates much faster, much quicker than anyone else. Um, you should be the one going to the career fairs. You should get a pulse on what the market looks like, what those people look like. Take a day. It's going to be a lot easier. You're going to make decisions a lot quicker and not bitch about why you did or didn't get qualified candidates, right? You're going to see who candidates are there. You're going to talk to random people. You're going to get a good look and feel by going to like career fairs, um, job recruiters, you know, all that kind of stuff versus outsourcing it to somebody else. Um, the people, if people are truly the most important thing that you do, you should do it yourself. Um, that's really how I feel about that piece. We let HR do too much of that where we should let HR do more of the paperwork, the benefits, the compensation, the offers, um, all those types of things. But in really interviewing and hiring, uh, it should be done by a hiring manager and not HR. Uh, top initiatives in managing talent, uh, more formal career development programs, absolutely agree. Create improved succession and career development planning. Career development, more than succession, but yes, career development plans are hugely important. Um, <clears throat> create and improve employee engagement programs. Again, do other stuff. We did uh, one of the firms I worked at, a like Wisdom Friday, uh, where somebody brought in beer and drink, beer and wine, some drinks in the office. It was after hours or like at the end of the day. So it was like four o'clock, five o'clock um, on a Friday. Uh, somebody gave a presentation, a talk, a learning event, and you know had some drinks and a social hour. Hugely impactful for culture and just you know everybody felt better doing that. Um, 
improve employee resource management programs and procedures, give them more stuff to be able to do. Procedures are hugely important as well. Um, rewards and recognition programs, yes, do that all on uh, culture and core values. Mentorship program, again, people that want to be mentors, people that want to give their time are going to be better than people that don't. It's just a fact. Uh, develop a better employee promotion program to reward success. Yes, absolutely. And this needs to be done not every year, but like every six months, three months. Um, more uh, recognition more often will help Im people improve um, much greater than spreading that over a year. Um, and invest in human capital management solutions. So overall, in human capital management, in the current tight labor market, improving employee retention has become an important differentiating factor in the a and &E industry. Employers should consider enhancing the overall employee experience by investing in integrated human capital management technology that will support talent acquisition, performance management, learning, and development. Firms should also consider leveraging technology for training and professional development needs to augment more time-consuming and expensive mentoring programs. Firms could also benefit from collecting more information from employees as a way to measure current engagement, engage the success of existing initiatives. Overall, firms should look to achieve success by implementing employee-centric programs. So that is the Deltec Clarity Report in its totality. Um, you can go and find this on Deltec's website. And that is this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast and ends this segment uh, and series of the Construction Corner Podcast. So we'll look to bring you more things on the industry, more uh, financial pieces, more people dealing in culture and HR initiatives that will be helpful and impactful to your business and ultimately your bottom line. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And until next time.